This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. That Zupan's, it's the perfect Father's Day opportunity for you. Sloan and Quinn, if you're listening for court, over here for dad court, they have everything you need to craft the perfect meal. Make make your dad a great meal with dry-aged Snake River Farms Wagyu Delmonico. That's 21 days, by mm, the way. Nice. Uh, for the for seafood, they have lobster tail grillers and Copper River salmon. I just had one of those lobster tails recently with scallops, with yeah. those big scallops. They're fantastic. When it comes to grilling on the weekends, Zupan's is my is my destination. I go there, and th- there's already somebody, always somebody in the butcher block that can just help me figure out what I want to do. And it's- I've just been using my Finex a lot. Right. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't uh, visited the Poke Bar at Zupan's, or maybe if you have, but it's been a while, you need to go back because they've got new recipes there. Uh, shoyu ahi poke, teriyaki salmon poke. I could go on and on an octopus poke. And vegan options, too. Yeah. Pineapple and shiso and beet and macadamia nut poke. Yeah, so uh, make sure that uh, a visit to the poke bar is on your list of things to do as Zupans. And the other thing you need to do is go to the news feed, capital Z instead of S. Sign up at zupans.com for their special offers. They have a sneak peek for listeners. Next up, uh, 25% off all burger patties, June mm. 14th to 16th. It's a great weekend also to try the new signature burger patty created with ground brisket, short rib, and chuck. Oh, my God, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. I got to go do that. And also they have other burger patties, blue cheese and bacon, Wagyu burger, triple cheese, and grass-fed beef. And we should remind people that they've got the uh, burgers in the breezeway on Thursday nights at, uh, at Lake Oswego, Friday's McAdam. You can go to zoopans.com and get all the details. Those, those, well, those, yes, those are uh, incredible burgers. Yeah, every Thursday and Friday through the summer. So three locations, Lake Oswego, McAdam, and Burnside. And always where, Chris? Zoopans.com. Here we go. It's time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And Court Johnson over there with the Portland, with the pea hat. Got my pea hat. With the Oregon right in the middle of it. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Got the green color going on over there. I do. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm going kind of summery because it's going to be like, well, today's, I think we're only into the low 80s, if that. But like tomorrow, have you seen the forecast for tomorrow? I have. It's going to get hot. I'm out of here. Yeah, you're out. You're going to head out to the coast. <laughs> I'm always out of here. Yeah. And and have it about, it's almost 20 degrees cooler out there, right? At least. When it's 95 here, it can be 65 there. Just as, but oftentimes just as beautiful, or sometimes actually you're getting a yeah. storm that we don't get. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. So, um, and I have my hat on too, which I'm glad to have back because I left it at ringside last night and oh. had to go back. Um, it was there waiting for you. Right, they, you know, they were great. They yeah. had it. They had it waiting. So it was a it was a nice experience eating there and going back. So I was glad to do that. You know, we have on our uh, as our uh, guest today. I think he's a three time returning champion. I is he is, three this times? Is third, three times that we've had Scott Dolich, Dolich on the show. Really, I thought yeah. it was two. That's my memory. I'm man. pretty. I'm pretty sure we brought him in initially. I th- I'm pretty sure it's third time. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to check this out. Well, I, so now we're on the spot because if it's not the third time we have to have him back again just to make just so that your your uh statement was valid. Well, we know he came in in February of 2016. Right. Um and we talked about tipping. Right. At the time. 
I'm going to do another search here. There we go. That good, was episode good. 72. Thank you, people, for bearing with us here while Court's doing a search. I, while I'm doing the search, I do want to point something out. This is something really important, and I think we mentioned this last time. You can stream the podcast or download the podcast in all sorts of different places. If you decide to subscribe, and we recommend that you do, on iHeartRadio, the app, Right. It'll actually send you a weekly email reminding you. Said, "Hey, you've got a new episode from Right at the Fork." Oh, I don't know a lot of the. Well, no, some of them do. They, it, not they're, all. They're pushed to the apps like St- Stitcher. It would show up on your favorites list that it's there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's over 200 episodes. So not only do you need to know of the, about the current episodes, which we've had some really good ones lately. I tell you what, it's very comfortable lately. A lot of easy conversations. Yeah. Um, but there's uh, there are an additional 200 plus episodes going back to 2014. So uh, you never know who you're going to find there. I think we might have only had Scott. I swear we've had him in three times. No, I think it's two. I think it, I'm Maybe. never right, and I like to say that. But yeah, I think you're. I think you might be right. Yeah, I just felt is. like that was the third time I've escorted him back. That's because he's so he's so good. Right. Maybe. Being Maybe. Conversant. So. Maybe that's probably what it is. But it would, it was, he was very good and we wanted to have Scott on because those of you who are familiar with Scott Dolich, um, you know, he is, he started Park Kitchen I think around 2002 or 2003. He was Restaurant of the Year. Um, got some James Beard nominations way back when, and um, you know, Park Kitchen was one of the um, the uh, <laughs> I was so about to use a really strange term, but one of the hallmark restaurants in Portland for years. It was one of the the standard bears, um, and so uh, it closed. Yeah, last year or this year, we didn't. It doesn't really matter. It, it's no longer open. Right. Um, it does matter because it's sad that it's not open anymore. So Scott was kind enough co- to come on and talk to us about um, why that closed, uh, some of the things that led to its closing. And, of course, um, we wanted to chat with him because when the lawsuit first came to the fore last year um, that uh, former employees had against Park Kitchen, I had asked Scott to come on and he said, I can't. Uh, because attorneys have advised me I can't talk about it. So he said, let's wait. So the attorneys are still present, but he was a little more at liberty to discuss um, exactly what happened, his take, um, what's happening with it. It's still not over with. And, uh, And then, of course, what he's doing now, that Park Kitchen isn't open any longer, which is uh, Stone Soup in the old Guilt Club Hmm. space. Which is, uh, I didn't know that's where it was going, but he's working uh, on a pretty, it's, it's a big problem in the city, and that is uh, helping homeless people to learn skills yeah. and be productive members of our society. I can't think of anyone in Portland right now who wouldn't think, hey, that needs that needs to be done. Yeah, And, uh, and Scott's working on it, and uh, it's something that's opening this summer. Um, and I might point out, Check out the uh, Portland Food Adventures website because Scott and I talked about doing a little event there, perhaps in August. By the time you listen to this, it might be there. It might be coming. Um, and you can check what's going on. We also have a dinner at Bar Casavale coming up with, uh, and I want to have, we're going to have him on soon, Eric Van Clay. All right. Who is awesome chef, used to own Taylor Railworks, Taylor Works. Mm-hmm. used to be at um, 
at Le Pigeon and, of course, opened Little Bird Bistro. He was the man there. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty awesome event. In addition to uh, my trips to Italy, Court, can we get you to go yet? To, to Italy? To Bologna, October fourth. I'm, I'm I'm working on it. I've I've got one more hotel room in each location held, you, just for just you for me, and Randy. Man, okay. And if someone else wants to come take it, okay, not court. I just need to find somebody to watch, watch the girls and make sure they get the dance class. Anybody out there? Any wanna, takers? Would Would anybody rather do that than go to Bologna? Nah, I was just say that. We'll We'll give you a, a little <laughs> stipend for that. There we go. At any rate, having Scott on was uh, is wonderful. He's always a very easy conversation. He's been around for a long time. He knows a lot about the industry. Knows a lot about Portland, and of course, wherever you go in Portland, his uh, he's touched it because a lot of the a lot of the people who own restaurants and are cooks have been through. Scott's Restaurant, or cooked with him a long time ago Mm -hmm. when he was elsewhere. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupan's on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupan's.com, eat well, put taste first, Love your food by Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures. Tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astrid Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia Romagna. It's all at PortlandFoodAdventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. Yeah, no, I'm doing okay. Summertime, it's beach time. This week it sure is. Yeah, next week. Well, the beautiful thing is when I'm out there, I don't. It's 70 degrees while it's 95 here. <laughs> so yeah. all I do when I right. when I happen to catch that it's going to be hot here is I look at my calendar and go, mm. Mm, yeah, that Thursday gonna, thing, can I, I, I could move that. It's going to be 60 degrees and slightly overcast and breezy. Over there, yeah. Mm-hmm. But so the conundrum with the summer on the coast is that's when the people show up. So I prefer, right. I'll take the rainy cold weather, and not even that rainy. Come on, it's all a right. myth that that's it's true. all rainy. Yeah. But I'll take that with no people. Although the last month it's been nice. It's been good weather with nobody down there. So, Yeah, well, down at Manzanita, there seems to be, never be anybody there on the beach. I mean, There will be around July 4th. But it's not like, even compared to Cannon Beach, yeah. it's nothing. There'll be 100 so, people on the beach, maybe? Right. Well, I've tried to count that many. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the distance you do it. But I'm more cognizant right now than I was for years because I have the one-year-old dog who just... At this point, not jump running up to everybody and jumping on them and saying hi, 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 hi. Right. So when I see people, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go somewhere else. But it's, it's getting better. 
So, yeah, and you're getting a little time to chill now that you didn't have for a long time. Although yeah. you weren't in the kitchen at Park Kitchen until kind of the end. You were there a little more. You know, I... I mean, I mean in previous, recent years, not forever. Yeah, I joked on myself and certainly my, my employees joked on me about being in the kitchen or being out of the kitchen. And um, even when I was out of the kitchen, I was working it was a small restaurant, so right. you're, you're there. You can't just that's leave what, it. That's not where you just told everybody? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, living the dream. Yeah. Nobody, you know, I got my guys doing all that stuff. No big deal. Um, and not that they work great, but, you know, it's a small business, so you mm-hmm. can't just step out and set it and forget it. Um, I don't know anybody who's really done that. I mean, I'm sure it's you know a little bit here and there, and after you get it up, up and running, you can take a vacation. Yeah, you can certainly do that. And there are guys, you know, Andy Rickers, super good at it. Um, he's got really great people working for him and John Gorham for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but those guys all have infrastructure. They've got a hundred, right. maybe more employees. It took a long time to get there too. It took a long time Things to get just there. happen. Yeah. Um, but that's small restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's part of what it is. And most people don't get into it. For that you know they're into it for the passion and they want to cook or they want to serve wine or they want to interact with people but after five six seven ten fifteen years of that you're like Shh, i need a break <laughs> right well and, and and it's it's hard work and almost thankless financially i mean yeah the, the financial aspect of it I, i'm sure that you've taught you i've listened to a lot of the podcasts and everybody has the same gripe you know you're working your ass off for if you're doing well five percent I, I, I thought the other day I've been um, almost pretty passive, but I man, you know, I would really love, because I, I think we're all curious. I would love to, different guests that are sitting there mm-hmm. doing different things, I'd love to say, so how much did you make last year? Because okay. I think people wonder, is it, you know, when, when uh, you know, someone with a great restaurant is there all the time, right. are they making, and I, you know, I don't care necessarily, but I just want to get an idea you know, I, I hearken back to when I first met John Gorham at Tasty and Sons, mm-hmm. and he was working there all the time. Or they are Toro Bravo, right. and uh, we were talking cars because he loves cars, and he was he talking does. about the newest BMW 5 Series or yeah. something. And I said, "Well, what are you driving?" And he, at the time, it was something like a 12-year-old 5 Series. And I said, "Well, when are you going to get the new one?" Well, when I can afford it. And I thought, "Oh my God, you've got Toro Bravo, and you've got..." Tasty and Sons. Yeah. I mean, everybody has other expenses and different things going on in their life, but Tasty and Sons is the new hot thing, and people are lines around the block, and you can't afford, I don't know about a new BMW, but a new Mazda, whatever. Yeah. Um, that was then. I think he's driving a nicer car now, a couple of them. Yeah. But I've always wondered, what, is that, what does that mean? And not because I really want to dig into people's business, just from an industry standpoint. Are people making yeah. six figures in this industry? Are there many? No. Yeah. Flat out, no. And in Portland, I'd say specifically, just because it's so much, it skews so much towards the small DIY restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, look, it, if you're paying yourself a salary as an owner, which is a smart thing to do, um, and that, that's what I was, that's what I goaded myself into after five years, finally said, okay, I, I got to step up to the plate, pay myself a salary, act like a real business person. Did you do, do that or did your accountant do it? Did your family... Say that um, I, you know, I really just got, um, I was tired of taking the the verbal tip. You know, I, I 
I wanted some money for working 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's greedy. No, it <laughs> you know, should I, be I just that got way. to the that's point where I, like, I'm sitting here wondering how you could go a period without paying yourself a salary. Well, so I just looked at it differently. When I first started off, I, I equated the, the restaurant profit as my salary, mm-hmm. but then I came last and right. I just switched that, that around to, to me being first. Like I'm going to pay myself for what I'm doing. I'm working 60 hours a week and I'm working hard and I should get paid. I should pay myself. And the other thing is that if you're not paying yourself as an owner, then how are you valuing the people who should be taking that work from you? You know, mm. like your GMs, your, your executive chef who should be actually doing a lot of the things that owners tend to do. Mm-hmm. You got to value it. You put a value on it. Whatever it is, is that $20,000 a year? Is it $60,000 a year? Right. Um, and if they take some of that off your hands, is that worth yeah. a is percentage that worth of it? that? Which I would argue, absolutely, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, restaurants, if, if they're making, if the profit is... Five percent. So if you've got a million dollar restaurant, you know fifty thousand dollars, and that's that's all, the profit. That's yeah, the profit. that's the profit, and that's that's the money that you're putting into a savings account. Hopefully, that gets put towards a rainy day, and then hopefully you're paying yourself a, you know, sixty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars before that five percent. Correct. Right. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. But there aren't a lot of yeah. There most most restaurants in this town aren't million dollar restaurants. Um, I mean, there are some. Are. Yeah, there are some. Oh, uh, most are. I would say that the you know there. Well, let's. Yeah, I don't know. I can't it's do, it's hard to put a percentage here. on it, but yeah, if you're a a fifty seat restaurant, you should be you should be getting a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. If you're okay. not, you're probably looking to close down fairly soon. Right. So yeah, but then yeah. even in that case, you've got a lot of operators that are couples. You know, married couples, so... Yeah, or partners, if, right, even, partner. even more complicated. Exactly. So they have to both take a salary, and then that's what's left over, so... Yeah, the financial parts of restaurants are really, you know, everybody throws around that, ooh, sustainable restaurant, they've got great products, and sustainability is a lot, a lot more than products. It's the people who are involved, mainly the owners. You know, if you've got an owner who's happy and, and is able to pay themselves a marginal salary and is good to their employees, then you'll probably have a fairly sustainable restaurant. Can you have a, a restaurant in Portland that isn't good to, to one's employees? Because, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a tough market out there. So if yeah. someone isn't good and isn't competitive, whether they're nice people or not, if the, salary, if the finances aren't competitive, yeah. someone's going to run somewhere else pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, certainly from, from that standpoint, just from the pay, the pay scale, the uh, regardless of the minimum wage, if you're not paying 16, 17 bucks an hour, at least people are going to walk. And that's changing too, because the cost of living in the city uh, it's is another going up. Huge factor. I think right. it's probably the the biggest factor. And that's why I think you see people uh, putting smart money out in the burbs. Mm-hmm. Now, cheaper to live there. And the rents will probably... Depends. I mean, if you're going into LO, probably not. But right. if you're going into Everton, yeah, probably cheaper. Little, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got to be cheaper. I mean, you have a lot of smaller. Yeah. But upper. I think that's that's a huge. I, we might have talked about that. I, I think real estate is one of the biggest factors for for restaurant failures. Now, if you're paying forty five, fifty bucks a square foot, which isn't, which is Portland's there. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how you could keep a restaurant running. Yeah, and there aren't there aren't patient investors. The people who have invested aren't going to sit back and ah, ten years. No. That's fine. Yeah, I see think where that, it's going, and they don't have good reason to be patient. Yeah, I think that eventually we might hope to see a little bit of leveling off there. I think that developers are going to have to eventually put some more skin in that game mm-hmm. in terms of tenant improvements on on build outs. I just don't know too many operators in Portland specifically that can stomach that type of rent structure where they're paying, uh, you know, a hundred, $200 a square foot to build out a space. And they're, then they're paying $45 a square foot for rent. I just don't know operators that can pull that off. That's why we're seeing, well, we have so many new hotels. So you got restaurants going in there who already have, they already have to have that space. And so they have to figure out just a way to make it work. Right. But think about the effect that that has on the, the small, uh, 25, 30 year old, super creative cook who wants to get in and do something. And then they have to jump over that hurdle, that financial hurdle. Whereas when I started Park Kitchen, you could get a space for, you know, $15 a square foot. $12 $12 a square foot, put in $100,000 and you're off and running. Right. And even the food cart, now you can't even have a food cart. There's no place yeah. for it. Any, they're not going right. to, those lots all of a sudden have become much more valuable than what the rent yeah. that they're generating from 20 food carts. Yeah. But there are some bright spots in there. I think that food halls definitely, they seem to work if they're mm-hmm. set up well and they're curated well. Pine Street's a great, great example. You go in there, any lunch, any dinner, and it's full. Mm-hmm. It's full. And I'm not sure what their rent structure is, but certainly got people succeeding there. Well, they've also turned over a few they have. operators too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. and a few operators have gone through a few permutations to figure out what works there. So, yeah. Um, but that's a bright spot. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good bright spot. I, I mean, I th- put it this way: it's not like gloom and doom is around the co- corner for everybody. No. Portland, you there are too many choices as it is for a consumer, for a diner. Yeah. Um, so we're not in jeopardy of losing great opportunities. Yeah. You know? and, but I was always, I have always been a proponent of, you know, the, the next new thing is, is great for a couple of reasons because people are growing mm-hmm. into new ideas and some smaller chefs yep. are getting, but I was always a great proponent of seriously. And I said this on this, in this chair a lot, support the park kitchens and the Higgins and the Paley yeah. pla- Paley's places. These are the places that have been around and set the tone. And it's not easy to sustain a restaurant. And you know this, and we'll talk about it in a second. It's not easy, easy to sustain a restaurant as an older operator. Um, in this environment where, you know, Eater's talking about 16 things yeah. a week that are brand new to go to. And so that takes the eye off of Park Kitchen. That takes people's yeah. attention off of Park Kitchen. Yeah. Well, um, I'm a big proponent. You always have to provide value one way or another, whether you're 15 years old or whether you're 15 months old. So it doesn't give uh, established restaurants an excuse to rest on their laurels. You got to perform. You got to be able to, to do fantastic food. You got to provide great service. Um, but yeah, I think it's just getting out in general, as I've stepped out over the past couple of months from restaurants, um, it's given me an opportunity to see that, you know, how people really do eat and not to, to paint a picture in my own mind of like, Hey, I own a restaurant. You should eat out. 
it's it's hard for for families specifically and for anybody to to get out that often and spend twenty five thirty dollars for a plate or more. Yeah, now it's more. I'm not no longer thinking about. It. I remember, you know, when I had little kids, I was thinking we could all go out for twenty five bucks, a family of four. Yeah, and and of course, pizza on the East Coast, we could do that for ten or fifteen right. for the family. Yeah, yeah. Now, man, just to do pizza for a family of four is 70, 80 bucks. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's changed. Yeah, it's just a, it's a different landscape. And I, I, the landscape is changing. It's not different. It's always different, right? It's always changing. But it just seems to change really fast in terms of what, what people are going out for and uh, what, what they want to spend. And I see a lot of people going to Whole Foods or New Seasons. You go there for lunch and there's 100 people eating lunch. In those right. places mm-hmm. well they have good chefs too i mean matt leitner is at new seasons yep. now and mm-hmm. uh who's the chef at zupans who used to be over at uh nel, nel yeah. um, um john i don't remember his yep. last name i'm not yeah zupans. eisenhart john eisenhart uh, john eisenhart yeah. yeah they have great chefs over there so it's, it's great it's really good food I, I just did a mountain bike ride with krista anderson who's uh in, in charge of marketing for new seasons and she was my she was my my icon at at uh, Wildwood. Mm-hmm. She was the sous chef at Wildwood, and she's been at New Seasons making great food for seventeen years. Right. I'm just. I was surprised. I want to. I got to contact Matt. Thanks for jarring that. But I'd like to have Matt Leitner, who you know, who's Michelin star food and yeah. New Yorkers working at New Seasons now. Well, when you think about it, you have a much bigger impact there as a chef because mm-hmm. you're feeding more people. Right. At a restaurant, you know, you're feeding forty people a night or. 50 people a night if you're good if you're you know john and, gorham you're feeding you know a couple hundred people a night but at new seasons you're feeding thousands of people a day right and if it snows it's not the end of the world that day yeah um but that you get a few of those in the winter and you see yeah. restaurants closing here yeah so i want to go yeah. back you were talking about sustainability and paying yourself and uh you know how much you need to pay employees i just want to talk a little bit about Park Kitchen. Yeah. We never got a chance to talk about that yeah. lovely lawsuit that you had to deal with, and yeah. I don't want to spend the whole the whole hour on that. Well, we can't. We've already into it a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, if you can just maybe tell us what that lawsuit was about, your how it ended up, and your position mm-hmm. in the, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So that the the lawsuit was uh, about a, a tip pool and the legality of a tip pool. Um dating back to 2014, um, which is a common misconception. A lot of people have, have talked to me about, oh, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about one house and you getting sued for that. The lawsuit wasn't about one house. One house was the solution. The gratuity-free one house was the solution to the tip pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and your way of dealing with it legally. and, yeah, and uh, absolutely. Yeah. It was a solution to it. Right. Um, the, the tip pool was about a standard restaurant tip pool. Um, that was based on points like so many small restaurants, like most restaurants have. And uh, Park Kitchen being a small restaurant, we had uh, pretty much, well, not everybody. I wasn't involved in that tip pool, but a lot of our managers were involved in that tip pool because a lot of times, if we were slow, we'd cut employees and the managers would be the only people there. So by virtue of, it only makes <clears throat> sense, they should get the tips that were yeah. there that evening. And they were, these were hardworking managers. These were not clipboard managers. They were taking right. tables, they were mopping floors, they were cooking food. They were, mm-hmm. These were hardcore working managers. And my, my philosophy on that was, you know, if they're, if they're working 
on the floor, if they're taking, if they're taking tables, if they're, if they're shaking drinks, if they're cooking food, they should receive a part of the tips because they're the ones who are creating the experience. Um, and, uh, back in 2014, we let, uh, an employee go who was a manager and, uh, felt that she was not getting, uh, all of uh, the tips that she deserved and got fussy about it, called a lawyer, um, and we're off to the races, the legal races. And that was a few years later. She didn't, they weren't called in 2014. Oh, they were. So the oh, law, that, that lawsuit lasted for uh, five years. Really? It didn't come to the, into the news front until a year ago. Yep. At best. Yep. Yeah, that lawsuit was being dragged on by a, uh, in my humble non-legal opinion, a very uh, predatory lawyer mm-hmm. who just, he was out there to, to throw anything he could at the wall and see what stuck. And so what brought it out into the, I don't remember who was covering it, but I'm sure we saw it in Eater. What, what, what all of a sudden made it? The, the financial reward from it, I think, oh, was yeah. what brought it out into the news. And somehow, who knows how, but that got into the news the next day. So somebody, somebody must have got that out very, very quickly. Right, yeah. So, and um, I guess it goes without saying, it's almost a rhetorical question, how you felt when that verdict came down and then all of a sudden it's public. And now, you know, all of a, you're look, if you looked on social media, you get a lot of people who don't understand the story one way or the other. Yeah. Just judging based on, oh, big bad employee yeah. uh, who are slamming you. You've been around doing great things for a long time. Well, yeah, I, I took one look at the social media aspect of that and and promised myself that i would never look at it again that's hard to do i never looked at it again um and i understand what what people would feel about it but the other the the silver lining from it was as soon as it came out the people who knew me uh, along with my employees and former employees and a lot of people in the community reached out and said i know this isn't you this sucks Mm. and you know anything i can do to help we know park kitchen we know how you treat employees um, and you know, I feel confident in the way we handled ourselves. I don't have any regrets about what, what we did, including the things that we got charged for. And I, I don't feel that the, uh, I, I just still disagree strongly with the state case verdict. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that was part of the silver, the, the only real silver lining for me was like people reaching out saying, I know this isn't you and anything we can do to help. And I was worried about my reputation, but my reputation came out fully intact. Um, which just goes to show that there is still a tight community in Portland, mm-hmm. which is heartening. Yeah. You know, with all the competition, um, there's still a, a great community in Portland. There's well, still you have such deep roots here, too, with all the people who've been through Park Kitchen and that you worked with before Park Kitchen. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so that, that, and that stands to reason. It's interesting yeah. because now there's a... Uh, you know, there's six degrees of separation in yeah. Portland. And now all of a sudden, I don't think that's as quite as tight. There are a lot of people who have come in in the last couple of years. Um, so, but it's still there. The it's roots still are there. still there. Portland still has a fantastic restaurant community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unique. Uh, just because it has such a big impact. And Portland is still a, a really forward-thinking, innovative, 
it, it's, a, it's a nationally recognized source of innov- culinary innovation. It really is. Despite that, it's still a small community. You still go to a restaurant and you'll see a manager or an owner or a friend or a cook and you'll hook up and say, hey, let's have lunch. And, and there's still that aspect of it, which is heartening. It's a community. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, you know, I'm not in, I'm, when I go out, I don't go out as often as I used to, but I can't go anywhere and not run into somebody I know. Yeah. And I'm not, I wasn't in the kitchen like you were. I just kind of, yeah. actually I'm in a fairly unique position because I know a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so what did that have, um, what effect, if any or all, did that have on the demise of Park Kitchen, the lawsuit? Um, well, it did have a, it did have an impact on it. Um, you know, certainly having that big of a lawsuit, uh, on your, on your balance statement going into a lease negotiation Mm. didn't make any sense. For me to renew a lease with that type of uh, with that type of debt to pay down, it just didn't. Right. Um, you know, in my in my dream world, I had um, I'd really hoped to be able to uh, create a business entity, a restaurant that I could hand down to key employees, but I couldn't do that either in good faith. So um, that was disappointing. Um, that was disappointing. You know, the one thing that it, it did beat through my head, which of course it took someone like my wife to say like, dude, how, how long are you going to do this? Like you're doing it, you know, what's it going to take for you to actually step back? What's it going to take for you to, to, are you going to be doing this for another 15 years? And it's all you knew, really. It's all you've known. You're right from college almost. Well, it's what you've been doing for all these years, or at yeah. least the last almost twenty years. You know, certainly, I I'd made the decision early on to to understand the systems and to really create the systems. Um, so that's the part that that I was able to leave with, and and some of the things that I'm doing now. Even though I love to cook, and I'm I'm pretty damn good at it. Like I'm I'm super happy being able to cook for people. That's my happy space. Um, but I don't want to do that professionally when I'm 60. Um, I know a lot of the systems. I'm great at, at running food systems and I'm, I'm really, I'm a good project manager now. So those are some of the things that I've been doing lately that food taught me, restaurants taught me. Are you at the point yet where you're, you're able to look back and go, all right, maybe this was a good thing. Cause it's hard to. You, you were, in, you know, it's like a, it's like a death. Yeah. And it, like, I would never have chosen to end Park Kitchen like that. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was really, really difficult, um, for me personally and for the people who were there. Cause the, the people who stayed were, were, they were devastated. They were devastated. Like really like these, these are people that I would, I want to be friends with mm-hmm. just because they're such good people. Um, it was really hard for them. So that was, that was really difficult, but you know, in the end, um, I do think things happen for a reason and, and just having this event kind of beat me over the head saying, okay, you know, like, Hey, it's time to pick your head up and look around because you know, there's still a lot of great things to do in the food world out there. And you're besides, young too. Besides own a restaurant. Right. Um, 
and that's that's where I'm at right now. So, you know, is there is there an upside? Of course, there is. There has to be. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely a really hard hard. It was the hardest, most most difficult, challenging thing that I'd ever been through. That the lawsuit. And how long? How what was the period of time from when you just started thinking? All right, I probably have can't keep going. Or was it just the lease negotiation that? caused a deadline for you to decide I got to close it. How long was that retching period till you finally um, made a decision and the retching didn't end when you closed it either. No, I'm no, sure. no, not at all. I mean, it, it, for a long time, as soon as the lawsuit happened and you know, my attorneys were fairly straight up and about the financials of it. And, um, it was gut wrenching. It really was the, that whole, that whole four and a half year period was like, God, damn it, you know, I've worked so hard just to have this trip me up. Mm. And I really truly believe that I, I treated, I, I treated people well. Um, and I, I'm positive of it. You know, as soon as this happened, I had people reaching out saying, you were the, you were the best boss that I ever had. Um, so. In the end, that's what's really important, that and the support of the community who knew, worked with you yeah. and had been, and also, your diners who'd been to your restaurant for yep. years. It was a favorite of many people. Yeah. So, but it is, you know, it's a, it's a lesson. And it's what I, you know, it's, it's what I tell all my friends who, are, who own restaurants now. Like, hey, you got to be careful. You got to get some HR help. Like, reach out to professionals, whether it's, you know, Cascade Employers or Xenium. Like, pay the extra money. Go get some HR help. It's scary, but it's worth it. Um, because there are these predatory lawyers who are out there. And if you're in business long enough, you will get a lawsuit. And you haven't heard a lot of them, but I can guarantee you that almost all of these su successful operators who are out there, they've got lawsuits. They've got some type of, of legal thing happening against them um, because there's a lot of predatory lawyers out there who make their business plans out of this. This is what they troll for it. And it's almost a pay me now or pay me later situation because exactly what it is. with people who are uh, running on slim margins, that's a tough thing to add to the, yeah. no to one pull away from the margin is I'll go get some HR help just in case it's like insurance. It's, it's not, it's exactly <laughs> it. It's like the last thing on an owner operator's mind to put more money into something that's not going to make money. All right. You know, it's not going to make money. You're, you're going to go, go to Xenium or go to Cascade Employers and you're going to spend, you know, a couple thousand bucks a year on getting an HR audit. Dude, I got to buy a new stove. I got to buy a new refrigerator. I got to put I got to pay people $17 an hour. Mm -hmm. I got to pay the rent. Um, but like you said, it's pay me now or pay me later. You can choose to pay the good lawyers or you can choose to pay the bad lawyers. Make your choice. Well, that's a shame. Pausing here a moment, Chris, to talk about Ringside Steakhouse, the place to go to for any event. And it's a great, great place to pause yes. and enjoy life. Yeah. I was just there last night. I did the Sunday happy hour with my son. You spend um, time, because I typically go with uh, with my my daughter, so I can't take them into the, the sunken bar area, but you, right. you spend, oftentimes that's where you're going, right? Yeah, it's an unbelievable value. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. But I know, I also go and enjoy some meals at Ringside, too, oh, which right. are fantastic. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've had some great steaks and other things, but last night, I don't, I think we had, we must have ordered eight things and the entire tab for two people we both had a 
couple of beers was uh, $52 for, I mean, we had burger, sandwich, three orders of shrimp cocktail, which yeah. are awesome. Mm-hmm. So everything's between three seventy five and and five seventy five at happy hour on the Sundays between four thirty and five, and then after nine. That's right, after nine thirty Monday through Saturday. Is it nine thirty? I've got it pulled up right here. So you got happy hour Monday through Saturday, nine thirty to close. Right. Sundays four to five thirty. Yeah. And then nine thirty to close. Right. Except, be careful on holidays. Holidays. They don't do Something, Sunday happy right. hour. I've I've been nabbed with that. Yep. It's okay. You just go get a real a uh, real meal. Right. Here's and here's a reason to go on Mondays. Uh, Monday is prime time and enjoy a three course prime rib dinner for only thirty five bucks while supplies last. You've done that. We've done. You? We've both done that. Yeah, we've done that a few times. It's yeah. great. It's good to you know I don't order prime rib that much anymore. So it's good to go to a restaurant like Ringside. Prime rib is not on the menu in most Portland. Right. So it's a special thing. Uh, Other thing we should bring to people's attention, uh, speaking of that sunken bar, they're going to be doing some touch-up to that bar. I think they're actually going to expand the bar area a little bit, make it a little bigger. Right. As well as do some other improvements to the facility. So Ringside Steakhouse will be closing down for a little over a month. Uh, Closes down July 4th, so July 3rd would be the last day you could get in there. That's a Wednesday. Opens back up August 10th. Cool. So just make plans to get there before July 3rd or after August 10th, one of the two, or both. Yep. You can go to ringsidesteakhouse.com and uh, make reservations today. Hey, Chris, we'd like to welcome our great sponsor, Gen Air at Standard TV and Appliance. Yeah, it's awesome. They were with us a couple of years ago, but appropriate now, both in their... Uh, both started in 1947, and just last year, Gen Air launched a beautiful series of new appliances they really upgraded everything they have two lines rise and noir for you to check out at standard tv and appliance tell us a little bit about them court well both of these lines connect to wi-fi so that you can use them using your amazon alexa or maybe you've got a google assisted enabled device like a google home connect and control appliances remotely like if you want to set the uh, oven before you get home you can do that get real-time notifications you can contact gen air call center through them and get this Get a recipe from Yumly through the device. More than one. You yeah. can do a few of them. And not only that, you can attach your dishwasher to Amazon and get get lo- dishwasher detergent delivered w- without even thinking about it. Nothing is worse than running out of dishwasher detergent and not, not realizing it, but your dishwasher or your washing machine are going to know this. Absolutely. So both the Noir and Rise line feature irresistible interiors illuminated by cinematic and chef's lighting, which is really cool. you got to see these. Smooth racks and flat tines, an expanse of dark glass. Really easy way for you to check out these lines. You can Google search Gen Air Rise or Gen Air Noir. That's one way to check these out, but there's an even better way to do it. Let's go down to Standard TV and Appliance. They have four locations, Mm -hmm. one in Beaverton, two in Portland. The showrooms are beautiful, and you'll be able to see them uh, not only in the showrooms, but on the the showroom floor, and uh, also one in Bend for our millions of listeners out that way. Mm -hmm. So... Let's talk about what you are, what you're doing now. It's exciting. Yeah. It's different. It's not owning a restaurant, and <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna hope that it gives you a little more breathing room and a little more time. Yeah. Not only financially, but just from a quality of life standpoint. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I'm working for Stone Soup right now, which is a new nonprofit restaurant startup. Um, and you might be thinking, nonprofit restaurant? That's most restaurants, That's, yeah. isn't it? Uh, but Stone Soup, they're they're they've got um, they're combining two issues that are near and dear to my heart. One is is the homeless uh, and at risk 
situation in, in Portland. Um, and by at risk, there's, there's recently incarcerated or marginalized, uh, at risk of homeless. Uh, but it's a, just a huge, it seems like almost intractable situation that it, it's, I think, at the top of most people's minds. Yeah, lately, in the last year, I'd say it's really, yeah, it's, it's become it's a, a cloud. Huge, um, huge problem. And it's not just Portland, it's, a, it's every major city. Um, and so what Stone Soup wants to do is to create a program, a three-month program, that gives uh, their participants life skills and some culinary training and culinary expertise in that three-month period and then help them find jobs in food service industry. So it's not just giving them um, a safe space. It's actually trying to teach them how to fish. It's trying to teach them how to, how to pay for themselves or, or to, to get a living wage. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Portland is in such a labor shortage. Just finding enough people to staff your restaurant especially the back of the house is so difficult now. It's so difficult. Um, so being able to provide a potential pipeline to get talent to people, huge. Um, so I, I can't, I, I can fit into that really well. I know a lot of people in the food world. I can help place people. Obviously I can run a kitchen. And so what I'm doing is basically helping them start up their kitchen get their systems running and, and hopefully make some great food, help them make some great food. So that's one of the things that I'm doing. And the other um, is uh, doing some consulting work, trying to ad- advise people not to set up restaurants. <laughs> that's and, it? And, and if they that's, do... Well, that's, a, that's an interesting ad. It's a, it's a self-defeating <laughs> ad right off the bat. Well, it's funny because you know, a, lot of the, a lot of my first, uh, my first advice for people who are, are, are getting into the restaurant business is like, why are you doing this? What, do you, what is your expectation here? And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's, it's pretty standard. Yeah. You know, I want to have a restaurant because I like to feed people and I want to be part of the community and okay. Is, is owning a restaurant the way, the best way to do that? Right. Working might, we're just working at one might be a little easier. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing, I'm doing a little bit of that now, which is fun. And it's interesting for me after 15 years of, of having so much skin in the game, just being on the other end of that and saying, well, you know, like I recommend that you think about doing this or this is what I've done in the past and this is what worked and that's what didn't work. Um, and having people say, eh, you know, I hear you, but screw it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> well, at least they heard, they heard, they yeah. sought out some information and got yeah. it and they're. Yeah. But uh, Stone Soup is going to be fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to them opening up their doors and, and seeing when's what that opening? Do. Hopefully, uh, I think first first second week in, in July. Oh, that's right around the bat. The, yeah. the right around the corner. Yeah, the bat. Yeah, we got it. It's right around the bat. Yeah, <laughs> what is that? Going on deck. Game. It's on deck. Yeah. Um, and so what can um. What can people do to help support that other than, I guess, go and yeah. eat when it gets up and running? Yeah. But how about the industry? What can they do? Uh, help partner up with Stone Soup. So they're doing a really cool program right now where they're, they're trying to uh, get chairs from their partner restaurants, and they'll put little plaques on chairs. Oh, that's cool. Saying that, hey, um, like John Gorham has brought chairs in. Um, who else has brought chairs in? We've gotten chairs from 
um, El Salido and, and that whole group's brought chairs in, but just to be able to, to have, have partner recognition in there and hopefully have a, a safe space for the participants to land mm-hmm. is going to be a big thing for us. What's the screening <clears throat> process for some of the, yeah, the that's at-risk a, people to come in there? That's a good question. Um, we're figuring it out right now, and it's going to be pretty rigorous because we don't really have a lot of the social services that can help these people. So we're going to have to choose from organizations that provide those services like Central City Concern, um, Pair possibly, and, and Rosehaven, and, and all those social service organizations that that's what they do. And we'll just be able to have them for, you know, eight hours a day to teach them a little bit about food and hopefully place them. So they're the ones who are saying, here's, here are a few people yep. that should be in this program. Yep. You take them three months mm-hmm. and then, then it's, you can do what you can to place them. But right. then if they're not placed, I guess it's, then they're back with, then they're back with, where, with, where they came from. Right. And we had a super interesting uh, weekend that we spent up at the Fair Start program. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that up in Seattle. So they're an amazing organization up in Seattle that's been doing basically this on a much larger scale for about 27 years. And they've started up a, a consulting arm called uh, Catalyst Kitchens, which we're, we're working with them. And they gave us a really good insight into what they're doing up in Seattle, which is pretty amazing. They've, they've got some big money behind it, Google and Amazon. I was going to say, they probably have that. And if it works in Seattle, it'll probably work in Portland, at least. We hope so. We hope so. Similar cities, just different sizes, different scales. We hope so. Um, so we're trying to get some good advice on them on how they run their model because it's basically a stone soup that's very much expanded. They've got multiple food service organizations. They've got multiple restaurants. Um, they've got a very, very cool facility where they've got their training facility in there. Um, they're very sophisticated about their outreach which is one of the things that uh, it'll be a big ramp up period for us is to just get out in the community because I think once we can show that, uh, hey, if, if we spend $5,000 on a participant for this, this program, we could save you know, potentially eight or $10,000 for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that would resonate with people if I was a donor. Well, not only that, but just the fact, and I, I, I guess I'm not paying full attention, but just the fact that something's being done, right. something positive is being something done in the right direction, done. Um, yeah. as opposed to, I don't hear a lot of things that are ideas being floated out there on how to, I mean, I hear concepts I've seen, um, you know, uh, I saw on YouTube that, uh, in that, on the Seattle is dying video oh, that was done on yeah. one of the TV yeah, yeah. stations up there, which is largely negative, but at the end they, they point to some positive, yeah. Uh, outcomes in Providence, Rhode Island, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but it's those things I don't hear being implemented here or floated or talked about. I'm sure right. somebody's talking about them somewhere. Yeah. But, and just like do something, right? right. Like, try something, do something because the government's not fixing it and it, it's not necessarily their fault, really. It's not their responsibility either. I think that there's multiple levels of responsibility. Mm-hmm. But the, but the, uh, city government needs to do something. There, yeah. The buck stops there. The buck, yeah, part of the buck stops there, I think. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we can do in the restaurant community. And I've, I've felt that for a while. But the restaurant community is already one of the first 
industries that is doing a lot for the community. I mean, they are and tapped a lot to do charity events yeah. and and yeah. There's there's all there's a lot of asks for that, which was super onerous for me. Like you get one a week saying, "Hey, won't will you cook for this gala event?" And you know we've got a two dollar a person stipend for you. Great, thanks. Let's go. And plus exposure. And plus exposure. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, and restaurants are so strapped right now. They, yeah. I mean, they can't do that. Um, and what does that exposure really mean? So it, right. if it doesn't mean anything in your bottom line immediately. Right. But yeah. one thing that they can do is provide jobs. Right. Right. I mean, it's not a, you, most restaurants, when I tell them what, a, what, what Stone Soup's doing, they're like, if we can just get somebody in to wash dishes, we'd be, we'd be excited. We don't need fantastic high-end chefs. We want somebody who has just has some gumption and really wants to just work. I can't tell you how many Facebook posts I see that are either looking for a dishwasher permanently or I need one tonight. Yep. I, you know, I'll pay anything almost yeah. to get a dishwasher in here. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's, if, if we can just do that one little step as a restaurant community, that's a fantastic step. Mm -hmm. It's a big step. But I think certainly like the real estate market, finding affordable housing, uh, government, you know, there has to be some government buy-in there, municipal government buy-in in there. Um, and you know, certainly there are people doing that. I was just talking to, uh, uh Tom Cody, who's a, a small developer in the area and, and he's been super generous with his spaces that aren't renting. He'll just help create a temporary shelter for them. Which is great. Yeah, that's great. You know, I was just thinking of, you know, talk about Wildwood. It was empty for, what, three yeah. years? This oh, primo more space. Than that. Three, four, four, yeah, three, four, five years. I'd say I don't like, think it was. I think it was more than five. It could, well. Wildwood closed and, well, it was something in between, but they were closed for a long time. Right. It was, yeah, it, was, it was at least four or five. Kana was on, we had her on the first year, I think, that we did the podcast, which was 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the opening for West was anyway. Yeah. So there are a lot of those out there and oh my God, there are all these new spaces going up that aren't going to be leased right away. Right. Um, build them out and maybe give someone an opportunity to try something, uh, uh subsidized yeah. for a little while so they can yep. get do some skills, do something good. Yeah. Um, do you think that developers are, are necessarily prone to do good? Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know enough about that world. No, I know that there are some people who are doing some great things. Have you have you ever given any thought to government politi politics? I don't know enough about <laughs> it, and that just seems like even more of a thankless job than owning a restaurant. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, but um, it seems to me that um, we uh, local governments or any government could be use something rather than other than professional. Politicians, that does not necessarily mean what we have at the right. White House now, but right. um, at yeah. all. Speaking yeah. of that, that's right. I kind of wanted to get yeah. to that because that was uh, really interesting. And you, it had a, uh, I can't, I guess I could say a positive impact in what we, had, been we had such high hopes for that evening. Yeah. So the little background um, you and I had talked about yeah. doing an event back in 2016. We had done, you did one of my first Portland Food Adventures events. Thank you so much yep. for the trust and confidence and, and being kind. And that was 2013, 14, something like that? No, dude, things go fast. 2010. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, isn't that incredible? Yeah. 2010. So you and I sat down and you were very kind. You didn't know me. And I said, I have this idea. 
anyway, so that was 2010. We did an, an event, and I brought you a few private yep. events along the way. Yep. Always had high confidence that whatever I brought to you, I didn't mm-hmm. need to be there. Everything would be handled well. Yep. Anyway, so we wanted to do an event in 2016. I don't remember what the impetus for that was other than maybe it was just like we like each other and it's time and let's do it again. Yep. I don't remember what it was. But we sat down to schedule it, and we looked at a calendar, and we ended up on Election November, day. Uh, the day yeah. after, November 9th. Yeah. And those of us who are prone to be a little bit more on the uh, left side of the aisle, I guess we were, and we said, well, good. And we were pretty confident. So this was pr- <laughs> planned probably back in mm-hmm. July. Yeah. So that'll be, be awesome. It'll be fun celebration yeah. the night after. And so... <clears throat> uh, so we had a pretty a sold out event, which was awesome, and it was really one of the special events that you helped orchestrate, which was to have Joel yeah. uh, and Will from yeah. Holdfast sit down. You know, we'd always had, we'd often had gift certificates or places, but actually, people had the fun opportunity to sit down and eat with Joel and yeah. Will, which I loved because who gets to do that? Yeah, right. People don't get to eat with chefs. Chefs can't even eat with their friends. They don't right. have time. And those guys are hilarious. They're awesome. Yeah, they're great. So we had this thing planned, and then I'm not going to go into the other thing that happened in my business life that day. But so the election night comes around, and we all, you know, most of us remember that night mm-hmm. um, around nine o'clock, nine thirty. It's like holy shit. Yep. It was, you know, this is actually the case. This just so, took a left turn. Right. It was, well, <clears throat> a right, light, turn. right turn. Yeah. yeah right uh, turn. It was at 940, I think, when they were just about, I, and I, so I turned the TV, I couldn't watch it any longer. My son, who at the time was just a couple of years, 20, 25, 24, not, you know, in college, young, going through a lot of what people are going through. Just takes off, says, I got to get out of here, goes for a walk. He's gone. I don't know what he's going to do. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, my God, I got this event at Park Kitchen tomorrow night. And I have to write in my usual happy little introductory email, which is a fun thing to do. And one thing I've done that I don't think I've ever seen anybody else do might include podcast so yep. people could listen to you and a little bit of uh, this and, and I had no I did I had no idea about what the the stuff that was happening with your son when that was happening like oh it wasn't any big deal it's just that the night yeah. was tougher because yeah where's Parker you know he's been gone for two hours now mm-hmm. you know so I got that was a little tough but before that happened I, I gotta write this and then my first thought was you know what fuck it I'm just gonna say just send everybody an email here's the time and place mm-hmm which I've never done. I kind of pride myself in taking the time to write these emails. And then I thought, nah, man, I can't do that. I got to suck it up and find a way to write this. Um, well, interestingly enough, um, so I put out a, you know, I, I started thinking about it and I'm like, I guess life will go on. Who knew? Yeah. When this happened, it was like, Jesus, is this going to be nuclear war tomorrow? Who knows? Yeah. So I guess life will go on. I wrote something, um, and I tried to be as positive as I possibly could when there was nothing positive going on in my mind. And then um, we ended up, you know, I don't allow cancellations Mm -hmm. because they're ticketed events, and we've turned people away. We're sold out. But we had a great night. Yeah, We ended up having a great night. I'm I'm getting there. But so one person called, and I totally understood – can't do it. I just am not. We're not yeah. into going out to eat tonight. <laughs> so 
So that's cool. But everybody else yep. showed up, and I encouraged everybody, just come. Yeah. And it'll be, it's a beautiful place, and it'll get your mind off it. And that's what it was. Yeah. And for me, <clears throat> to have it that night, on November 9th, I guess it was, the, it was Election Day the 8th, yeah. yeah. The, so November 9th. What it did, if we'd had it a few nights later, there would have been this gap. Yeah. But it, and immediately, before anybody had a chance to think, it was like, well, wait a minute. We're still going to be breaking bread. Mm-hmm. We still, this life that we think is our normal life, will go on in some one way yeah. or the other. And here's this beautiful night. Everybody had a good time. We had my friend um, Alan doing oh, yeah. the caricatures. Yeah. And he was... I still have those. <laughs> and by the way, if you know anything about Alan Schmertzler... Who's a political artist and is the anti? He just put out a book on oh, did he? Trump, and he's been drawing these drawings of <laughs> these cartoons about the Trump administration. Yeah. For him to go and yeah. be positive, I got to contact him because we were talking about. He's him. a good guy. He was a good guy, and he's drawn pi- pictures of people that night. It was a, uh, it was kind of like for me, and I don't. I guess it was for you and your team. You still went and cooked. Well, yeah. And I think that's a good example of the best of what restaurants do. It, they provide, for however short a period of time, a respite. Whether it's fine dining, not fine dining, you're able to go someplace and just have, just feed yourself and mm-hmm. be with other people, break bread with other people. And that's what it does. That's the best of what a restaurant does. All right. Really, and that's is, why I love... That, and I think you saw it early on. I love, and I didn't see it when I talked to you in 2010, the camaraderie. Yeah. The, the, because if you go to a restaurant out with your wife or anybody, a friend, you're just, it's a one-on-one situation. But all of a sudden when you're in a room and you're sitting with other people you don't know, yeah. it be, it's a whole different experience. Yeah. And I think that was one of the best, best examples of that when we were clearly most of the people there were just distraught. Yeah. Both from the restaurant side and from the customer side. But just to take two hours and just take a sigh and don't, you don't have to talk about it or you can if you want to and just relax. Just relax. You'll, we'll live. <laughs> and I, I think everybody needed that that night yeah. in particular. And so, yeah, that's a good lesson. If things are tough, just go out and. Go out and eat. Go out. Go You'll out feel and better. And relax. And it doesn't mean go to the bar and drink too much. Um, or, or it could. I guess it could. That's not my thing. That's yeah. not my jam. So, um, but I guess I guess it could. So, yeah. um, what do you, now that you're not necessarily in the restaurant? Are you getting out much to uh, enjoy our food world? Um, getting out for sure. You know, I have I enjoy cooking so much more for my family now. Now that I have an afternoon to to basically just relax and enjoy cooking for my family. Um, I never thought. How old are your kids? They're 17 and 15. Oh, good ages. And you're not going to have them to cook for. for No, like I'm I'm looking down the barrel of an empty nest fairly soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just so much nicer now to cook for them and friends and family because I just, that's my outlet. Right. That's your primary. That's that's my outlet right now. So it's been awesome to be able to do that for them. It's been really sweet. Um, and just to do, do s- some other things. That do you are, come up with new recipes or are you just using the old standards that you know um, really well? Sometimes I, I guess I, I, I use the same process 
I'm still a local seasonal guy. I love going to the farmer's market, seeing what's there. And as soon as I see something, I'll buy it and create something from that. Mm -hmm. But it's not complicated. It's three or four ingredients and I don't have prep cooks peeling garlic or, you know, anything like that. So it's usually fairly simple. Um, but getting out for sure, like this weekend is a good example. I was out hunting for morels with a couple of buddies and then went mountain biking the next day. And I wouldn't do that on my weekends when I was owning a restaurant. I was recuperating. Well, I find it interesting that uh, I was referring to going to restaurants, but you're out, you know, the first thing you thought of was just doing something. That just get started. out, lift your head up and do something fun. Get right. outside. Right. Is uh, It's just awesome to be able to do that. And we live in a wonderful spot to do that. And this time of year. Oh, yeah. Is this, will this be your first spring, summer where you haven't been? And how long? How, when was the last time you had a spring, summer? Did you ever have a spring and like, summer? Never. To enjoy? Really never that I can remember. Um, just because I was, you know, owning Park Kitchen, I probably had more opportunities then to go out. I just didn't take, I didn't take them. Right. You know, guilty. Totally guilty. Well, I don't, it's <clears throat> easier in hindsight to look at that. But, right. But, but now you can't, now, don't do that now. But just I would, take advantage of it now. I totally am kicking myself for not taking a break. I always had this thing, like most restaurant owners have a thing, like got to build it make another one, work harder, I can succeed. And uh, that comes at a cost. See, I have never, I've never been able to understand even having one restaurant and working there day after day. That's not my psyche. So I had to learn over time, don't judge all these people on how hard they're working based on my, how, my makeup. So they love to cook. And so I used to be shocked that people who are cooking every night would go home and just cook for the, cook for their spouse, yeah. and they would want to do that. I would think the first thing I'd want to do is not be near the right. kitchen. Yeah, but I don't think. But you guys, you guys, many of you think that way. And um, uh, but I think one thing that anybody can do to advise anyone as we get older is breathe a little more. We're so overscheduled in this society. Take a break and just have nothing planned. Right. Yeah. Everybody was asking me whenever they found out about Park Kitchen, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And uh, you know what? I'm going to go take a walk. (laughs) How's that sound? How about do you sit there and ever actually uh, look at Netflix? Do you do that? What's on now uh, without a plan? I'm learning a little bit. My, My wife is teaching me how to do that i'm i generally don't hang out real well just spending you've never done it never done it i'm not super comfortable with it and i I think that i'm not alone in the restaurant world most of us kind of beat ourselves up in terms of like if i'm not doing something i'm not worth it if i'm not you know creating something making money helping somebody i'm not doing anything and just like getting beaten over the head by something someone saying take a break it's okay You'll be fine. I've been doing that as much as I, I've been. Te- well, I've been telling people. I'm not saying I Which have. Which makes you it. smarter than most. Yeah. Well, I'm older, so I've had some time to learn, and also, you know, I I take a hit on the income end of it by having right. breathing time and there living in Manzanita. But on the other hand, there's quality of life, so um, I've always felt that's pretty important. Yeah. Do you um, are you gonna get some travel in? I know it's not easy with a 17 and 15 year old. Um, we'll get a little bit of travel and I'm, I'm trying to plan a, a trip with my brother who's going over to Dubrovnik 
in uh, Croatia, which I've always wanted to go to. So I might get out with him in September. Um, but a lot of just local stuff. I went out and took a fantastic mountain bike ride with uh, uh, Jason Barakowski up in Hood River, who's at an amazing winery called Hiyu up there. Totally idyllic. Hiyu? H-I-Y-U. Hiyu. And that's what he is now yeah and i didn't know that like i'm totally jealous of his lifestyle he and his family his beautiful family are living out in hood river and they're skiing and mountain biking and camping and stresses it seems like it's an ideal world yeah i'm sure it's you know he's stressed and he's got his own problems to deal with but there are uh, a lot of ideal worlds out there in this especially in this state yeah um and this region washington too yeah. Food's a big world. There's lots of other things to do besides restaurants. Portland mm-hmm. obviously has many restaurants, a couple too many. Um, right. And there's a lot of other stuff to do. There's what, what I've been doing. I re- remember, well, I don't remember what came up, but I remember one statement you made to me once was, um, we were talking about an event and profitability on it or something. And yeah. you said, uh, it's, it's food. You're not, you're not in this to make money. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, well, I don't know. I'm in a different part of it than Scott is. Can I figure out a way to make some money on the, in this world? I never had a, figured out a way to make a killing. Yeah. But a little bit enough to... Yeah, it's real hard. And it, it kills me too, because I live... It, the other day, I was going past uh, St. Jack, which I think is one of the best restaurants in Portland, if not the nation. Like I, I think St. Jack is a fantastic restaurant. Are you buddies with Aaron? Uh, I know him. I know him, and I think he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a Thursday or Friday maybe. And it was, it was, I think eight o'clock or something like that. And it was half full. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this is one of the best restaurants in the country. They should have a line out the door. And that is also because there's a zillion new places, yeah. the shiny object somewhere else. Yeah. There's another shiny object someplace. And there's also, he's got La Moule. So I yeah. wonder what that was like that night because that place is fantastic. Well, so. like, yeah, the funny thing is, is you get someplace like, uh, um, you know, it's all the like super, super casual spots, ice cream spots. Great example. Salt and straw, Ruby Jewel. They make fantastic stuff. Nothing to take away from them. I, I, my kids and I go out to those restaurants. Well, maybe not a lot, but um, lines out the door. Always. And are you referring to the new Ruby Jewel? That one's going to be so popular. Okay. They're like, my kids are already. Isn't it cool how the other ice cream places have finally yeah. just the bar has been raised and there are lines not only at Salt and Straw, yeah. but Chad Drazen, man, 50 licks. Yeah. I love to see him so busy because he yeah. was struggling. When he only had that little Clinton Street yeah. store, he was struggling. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's cool to see. You've yeah. got so many people out there who uh, you nurtured and taught and, a lot. and maybe just worked beside <laughs> that yeah. are doing incredible things. Yeah. And some who you know left the industry too. I yeah, was, and I have no, I don't begrudge that at all. Mm-hmm. I, I don't begrudge that at all. But yeah, I was just into Pine State, the one that just opened up, and what an awesome spot that is. That place is going to crush it. They're all, they, they continue to crush it. Yeah. Um, and uh, who else? Have you? I haven't been to, uh, I haven't been to the New Hold Fast yet. Oh, well, you should go. Yeah, no, I know that. And I'm, Deadshot. Hold Fast and Deadshot. Yeah, Deadshot. I haven't yeah. been there either. Yeah. Those guys continue to amaze me. I haven't been in there in a little bit myself, but um, I still think that they're the best cooks in Portland. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if that's, uh, 
you mentioned that a few years ago, but I think you had you had tapped somebody else, and I can't remember who it was. It's hard. Last to time we spoke, I have to go back and listen to the podcast. There's a lot of them. Somebody, but is there anybody who surprised you that you that you worked with is really really big now, and you didn't necessarily see it coming? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. I know. Yeah, you're putting me on the on the spot. Um, <laughs> I you know. I or I, let's I, well, I, it this way. Anybody you're really happy to see doing well, too. That's, yeah, that's a better question. So, um, Kevin Ashley and the guys at at, at uh, Pine State Biscuits. Like mm-hmm. I remember when they started up, and you know I knew that they had a really cool concept, but just they 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 were so scattered from an organizational standpoint. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are just gonna get crushed. And they had this little tiny spot out on Belmont. And they just had, they were so determined and they had such a great product and they, they just stuck with it. They stuck with it. They stuck with it. And now they're like, there's Pine State in Vegas or Reno, wherever the hell it is. They've got three spaces here. Um, I didn't realize they'd gone out of state. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just doing so well. And I think that really, they're, they're just a great example of like, you just have to have passion, determination, and really be have an open mind as to how you need to run your business. Do you ever do you ever shed a tear in pride for people like that? Because you guys were working very hard at Park Kitchen and before that, and you see, you know, have you had the opportunity to smell the roses and sit back and just reflect? And you know, like there was a movie of your life, <laughs> and and or a documentary, and they're talking about you and Scott. Do you, you ever have? Do you, have you taken stock? No pun intended yeah. on Joel. But. Um, not yet. I don't feel like I've, I've reached that point yet. But certainly whenever I stop into a restaurant where somebody, you know, a, a, a previous employee from Park Kitchen that's owning something or managing something, um, it's all fantastic. I was just up um, in Seattle visiting a, a, an ex-sous chef, Caroline Pond, um, at Homer up there in Seattle, which I had one of the best meals I've ever had in my life there. It, it just like nailed it. And she, she came as a, a culinary graduate and super quiet, barely said a word. And she's now she's like a monster. And that's awesome to see, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, how much I had to do with that. I don't know, but something. I think someone needs to either write the book or actually what I think would be more fun, super expensive production to do the Wildwood story. Yeah. I think that would be really cool to go back there and just have to, to see cinema when yeah. none of you knew it was coming. Yeah. Right. When you're working at this one little restaurant, yeah. and there were not many in Portland like that. Corey Schreiber is a complete mastermind when it came to, to bringing people on. I think that was his, probably his greatest strength. Um, and I was actually just joking with, with him and another ex Wildwood employee, Corey, uh, totally dragooned me and this other guy into helping him do a, um, IPNC event. Mm-hmm. And it's just a joke because Corey, like all he has to do is like, Hey, I got this cool thing. And w- won't you mind helping me out? And it's like, yeah, it's Corey Schreiber. Of course I'm going to help him out. And sure enough, it was, you know, you end up doing, <laughs> you end up doing the work for Corey um, and I'm sure he's probably laughing and cursing my name right now, but, um, you know, that's one of his skills is to like 
tap people who he thinks are really good and he likes to work with and he just accumulates a community around him which he still does however many years after wildwood has closed he's still got a community of people around him oh yeah and he's i found it fascinating yeah and, and a lot of like for Cisco now, yeah, it's crazy. But it's a cool little niche for him, right? It's a great little niche. It's a well, Cisco was very smart. If yeah, to tap somebody, there's a guy to tap. Absolutely. Um, um, but it's funny, like when you talk to some of the like twenty, twenty-two year old cooks, Corey Schreiber, who, yeah. who the fuck is that? Hey, there are some of those twenty-two year old cooks. Who's Scott Dolich? Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I know. Well, so it'll nice. happen. And it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. You know? Getting old. Uh, no, you're not. But the good thing about being bald is you can, it's very hard to tell how old you're, you're getting. You keep it, yep. keep, go it's, with no hair. You can't tell. You look young. Yeah. It's the cheap way to not age. Yeah. I got to try that. I've never been able to go all, go all the way. Yeah. But uh, naturally speaking, I've lost a lot of it. So. Yeah. No, Court was just saying that, you know, that's his, his, his way of, of losing weight is just, make sure that he has a big beard that's exactly right big beard big hat naturally makes me look thinner yeah super cheap <laughs> i don't know about that no, i'm just kidding <laughs> you know what you know what works for me is, yeah, 20, is 25 dollars for a ball cap and you're, you're thin he's got a lot of them he keeps getting thinner and thinner with mm-hmm. those caps yeah, with yeah. those hats but the, you know what works for me it's interesting um and not necessarily thinner but younger so i i change my facial hair quite a bit so i'll shave it off mm-hmm. and then i look in the mirror oh, i look a little Younger, and then I grow up back, and I feel like I look a little younger. Just change. Right. You don't look the same. And I don't know. Give yourself a compliment. Damn, I look good today. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever really. I haven't done that in a long time. (laughs) But look better. You know, living on the coast, that's the other thing. I lost, I don't think I've gone public on this podcast, since I moved out there, and I weighed myself at the doctor's office the other day, 50 fucking pounds. Really? Off. Just, Without, from, just with, from living out on the beach? Just from living out there. And I can't say I've done, I've made a super conscious effort to go on a diet. I walk with the dogs. That's the big one. Yeah. And I'm not in Portland seven days a week. Yeah, eating fantastic food. Eating fantastic food. And it, I can't afford to do that anyway. So right. that helped in a couple of ways. But let's face it, like how many restaurants are open during the week on the beach? Well, I was very happy before Salmonberry Saloon opened up there because I used to say there's I, I'm learning to I cook a little more right. and um, I get great stuff at Zupan, so I enjoy the intim- the the solitude of just cooking for myself. Right. I hate the cleaning, man. I just hate the cleaning. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. but at any rate, no, there aren't a lot of great places out there, and even if there are a few, I love Marzano's Pizza. That's great. Oh yeah, that place is good. Yeah, it's really solid pizza. Um, to drive home with the the aroma of the roasted onion and sausage pie. Yeah. It's really good. So, but I don't need great restaurants out there. It doesn't matter to me. I just, there's enough to visit here. And I've been, I have a girlfriend now and we've been doing crawls. So when we're in, we go to generally, right. I, we try and sometimes we just, oh, that's enough. We're done. Right. But we did a little uh, Bar Casavala, yep. Scotch Lodge and Canard the other night. So I was that, in at Canard. Man, that, that, we had a good meal there. And it's fun. It's a great yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. Gabe Rucker, God damn it, he always just does the right thing. Yeah. And uh, and he's got a great team. He does. They're yeah. all great. And Andy's great. I love him. Um, so a couple of others, we're, we're done. We're, we're out of time. But yep. any other places you've been that like Canard that have just uh, knocked your socks off? Um, 
No, not that I can. I don't. I'm not really eating a lot of upscale stuff right now. Right. Any any place that's not upscale. I, I, I I've had a couple lunches at Duck House. Love that place. There you go. Love it. Um, had another great dim sum meal at HK Cafe. My kids are obviously super dumpling freaks right now. So everybody is. So that's where we go. Cool. Have you been to? I never asked this question not knowing. Uh, I just and Corey, maybe you've been there. Big's Kitchen. I just started going to out in, in Beaverton. I haven't, but I've heard Fanny's place. Yeah, yeah, Fanny's it's place. good. It's and it's good. You know, there's easily. another great example of like unbelievable chef, right? Right. Ben Bettinger, like super fucking talented. Yeah, making fried chicken. Yeah, good fried chicken. Yeah, it's well, they, it's the grilled chicken there that I think is phenomenal. Yeah. So. um yeah, and it's it's inexpensive and it's easy and it's casual and it's big. Yep. I ran into um, Gabriel Piscuzzi of Sca- Stack Sandwiches. Yeah, we just happen to run into. I everywhere I go, I run into somebody. It's nuts. Yeah, but, he was out at Biggs. Yeah, does he live out there? No, he oh. was just out there. Uh, he was out there for some uh, work project, getting some material or mm. something, and said he was going to try it too. And yeah. We both just converged. But at any rate, that's what makes the scene yeah. kind of but fun. smart, right? right? He's right out in Beaverton. Great location. He kind of opened the door because now all of a sudden you're hearing Chef's Table wanting to do things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that the, the, they yep. are going to be uh, pioneers in getting people out to the suburbs. And I've always yeah. thought that's a great idea because I used to live in Lake Oswego and shit, there weren't a lot of great restaurants there. You have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even in living mm-hmm. in Southwest, yeah, I've heard it many times. I live in far out Southwest yep. near Barber World Foods. I got to get on the highway to go to eat any time, any, and I don't care, but I'm just saying it would be nice. Andy, Andy Ricker opened Pock Pock yep. out there in the old yep. humdinger. And those guys like, you know, I went into Pock Pock probably a month ago and had dinner there with a group of people. That place is so fucking good. Yeah. Like there's a reason why he's so big. It's just because he's got tons of ingredients in there. I don't know how he does it. Do you have that syndrome where you have this? I, I forgot how good this was. Yeah. I used to have that with Park Kitchen. I'd go there and go, geez, I haven't been here in a year. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot, lot of places to enjoy, and you'll have a little more time to do it now. And, Hopefully. Uh, yeah. So where is, by the way, where is uh, Stone oh, Soup? Stone Soup. It's um, at the old Guilt Club, if you remember. So it's uh, 306 oh, yeah. North Broad, Northwest Broadway. Okay. Right on the corner of Flanders and Broadway. Didn't th- Wasn't there a... Uh, Really nice mirror. Or, sorry, Everett and Broadway. Did is it being completely renovated? Because that was they're pretty cool space. The booths were pretty cool. Yeah, they're making it much more light and bright, um, more airy. Guilt was more of a like bar, right? So they're they're brightening. Oh, they had a pretty good. Chris Carricker was pretty talented. Yeah, there. very you talented. Know. That was a big loss for Portland. I know. Although there was a lot of people, there are a lot of a lot of people that pick up the, his slack when he left. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thanks so much for coming in, Scott. Pleasure. Always great. It's always nice talking to you. It's easy. It's an easy conversation. Easy like Sunday morning? There you go. I was singing that the other day. All right. Thanks. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 